there's a phrase or a sentence, a thought that um, kept running through my mind this week. So I thought I'd, I'd talk about it. It's, uh, it's a phrase that I really like, and it's wear the world as a loose garment. And uh, it's a quote from St. Francis of Assisi, the, the Catholic saint. And um, I really like it. I, I use it a lot. And <clears throat> I saw that it's also sometimes thought of as don't sweat the small stuff, but it's really a lot bigger than that. It's, it's actually a, a wonderful reflection on how we turn towards the world and turn towards the reality um, it's how we are in the world, actually. It's it's how we are part of it. We are part of it in this very um, loose way. We're not holding on to anything too tightly, and it's it's. I think it's it it points to how we work with the challenges of the moment, uh, how we work with the reality of of our lives, um, the state of the world, the state of our personal life, and. You know, especially right now, there's this seemingly unrelenting horror. There's war and violence and hatred and oppression and injustice. And I mean, there's other things too, but that seems to be really, there's a lot of that that gets our attention and it can be difficult to be with day in and day out. However, we really need to find a way to be with those experiences. And so thinking about wearing the world as a loose garment even as I say that, it, it, it almost makes some, after talking about the, the, the horror and then say, aware the world is a loose garment, it also, it almost allows for a breath. It's like, oh, it's almost like a pause. And it's like, okay, let me come back. Let me come back. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about <clears throat> the Brahma Viharas, <clears throat> the heart practices and the, uh, um, and in the Brahma Viharas, they talk about, which are loving kindness, compassion, <clears throat> excuse me, appreciative joy and equanimity. They talk about how they have near enemies. And when I think of this wearing the world as a loose garment, I think of compassion. And the near enemy of compassion is pity. Compassion is not pity. Compassion is being touched uh, your the, the word in Pali is karuna, which means quivering of the heart. So our heart is touched by the suffering of others, but we don't have we're not pitying them because pity implies this sense of separation. It implies this coming from a place of excuse me, almost looking down on folk. Oh, you poor thing, coming from a place that's excuse me, a little bit detached. But instead, um, you know, it's, 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 um, we're able to hold the pain and not be afraid of it. We're able to be with it. We're, we're allowing our heart to be touched, whereas I said that pity is like kind of a detachment. Um, it's also, compassion is also um, not becoming overwhelmed by the suffering, which is also quite easy to do. We can become overwhelmed by the suffering, by the, the stuff we see going on in the world, in our lives, in other people's lives. And thinking that that's some kind of empathy, but it's really not. It's, again, about thinking we made it about ourselves. Um, 
that it's like I, I was like, oh, I can't bear, bear your suffering. We make it about ourselves, but that's not what this is at all. It's about being present, but not being so attached. We're wearing the world as a loose garment. The, a compassionate heart sees the truth of suffering and is moved by it. We see the shared human condition. We are part of this. We recognize that that, 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 that suffering of others is also our suffering. Um, and when, we be, when we're overcome by it, it doesn't help anyone. It feels as if we're helping because there's this, this sense of, you know, oh, I, I feel it too, but it doesn't really do anything. I, I, I was um, in a thing last week where this person, Andre Henry, spoke, um, talked. He's a, I'd never heard of him until a couple of weeks ago, but apparently he's, he's, he's written a book and he's a performer and he's really quite wise and... Um, He's talking about being overcome by all the stuff that's going on these days and how it really doesn't help anybody. And in fact, on the contrary, um, I mean, we can't let ourselves run down. And he says, actually, uh, well-being, taking care of ourselves is the foundation of revolution and making change, which I really like. Instead of coming from this place of wearing ourselves out and and, and pushing to the, the uh, you know, the hundredth mile in everything we do, or, you know, giving 110 or 120 percent, which is actually quite impossible, but we are prone to try and do the impossible. Um, well-being instead is a place of wisdom. It's a place of wisdom and compassion for ourselves and for others. And so, when we wear the world as a loose garment, when we have this place of, when we're coming from this place of compassion for the, the suffering of the world, we also have this equanimity. Equanimity supports compassion. It's this balance. It's this ease in how we move through the world. We allow the world to turn without becoming entangled in it. Because, and it can be so easy to become entangled. You know, and it doesn't mean that we don't become involved in things. It doesn't mean we check out, la-di-da-di-da, head in the sand, fingers in my ears. But if we do become involved, we do it with our eyes wide open. We see clearly what we're doing rather than just reacting to our habitual patterns that are just like whatever whatever our habits are um, to run to hide to whatever and so and in this pursuit of in this practice of compassion we strive to genuinely connect with others in their struggles offering support I like this line I saw it somewhere offering support without diminishing their inher inherent dignity it means we're not we don't have to be saviors which is a which can be a real really problematic it's like I'll do that instead of allowing people to have their own dignity which is really important and really this this compassion with wisdom this ability to wear the world loosely is a result of this practice. It's coming into mindfulness of recognition when things are difficult or easy or comfortable or uncomfortable 
and recognizing those habitual responses, which may not be the best ones. I have this, I, you know, in my mind, I think I can fix all the problems. I, not so much anymore. I used to think I could fix all the world's problems if they would only listen to me. I could do, I could do it all. I, I could, you know, and so that was this mindset, uh, and I'd be so frustrated and why, blah, 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 why don't they listen? Not, not just the world's problems, but everything. Your problems, my problems, not my problems, I couldn't do anything about my problems, but everybody else's problems I could do. Work, this, that, that. And that was my habitual reactivity. That's not that I necessarily could, but uh, my habitual thing was like, I can do this. It, it, it's it's got to be this way. It's got to be this way. They're not doing it right, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so just instead recognizing that tendency to move in that direction and not coming back from that because that eases a lot of my own suffering and discontent when I can let go of that habitual thinking that it's got to be a particular way. You know, our responses or reactions are not necessarily the right ones or appropriate or beneficial. They're just habitual. So we begin to see things more clearly. And we begin to wear, wearing the world as a loose garment. There's some space, there's some spaciousness, which is a word we hear a lot in Buddhist teachings. Spaciousness. And this I, the reflection on, on the loose garment is also reminds us of about impermanence. You know, a loose garment is much more flexible than a suit of armor and can move more easily in the eight worldly winds. I think I was talking about it recently with, you know, when they build skyscrapers, um, they don't build them so terribly rigid. There's a bit of give, especially in earthquake areas. There's a lot of, there's a lot of give in the foundation so that they can roll with the earthquake or they can roll with the wind, especially high uh, buildings. There's a lot of, there's gotta be a lot of flexibility. Otherwise they break, trees bend. All these things, there's this flexibility, but there's a tendency to be rigid as we, we wanna have this control because we wanna be safe because there's perhaps some fear. How do we make it be the way we want it to be? So if we consciously go, oh, maybe I can loosen up a little bit. Maybe I can step back from that rigidity. There's much more ease. Even if it's still unpleasant, there's an ease. We're not tightening against something. There's a freedom we have when we're not chained to ideas and ways that we think things need to be. And again, I'll say it again because I think people always tend to hear this. There, it doesn't mean we don't care. We do care. We don't turn our backs. Like Guan Yin, the Bodhisattva of Compassion, we hear the cries and tears of the world. We feel that our heart is touched. And we have a desire to alleviate suffering. But our compassion is balanced by wisdom. What can we do? And how do we not neglect our own well-being? Another, another reminder uh, that kind of fits in with this. This week, uh, I had this week was about not taking things personally. It was in, 
reference to our minds during meditation to not take thoughts personally, but it's really a good reminder. You know, dukkha happens because we're human beings. We, we perhaps create the conditions. You know, we, 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 ha- we react and perhaps we put ourselves in certain positions. Like if we, we, when we practice mindfulness, we create the conditions that allow this compassion and this wisdom to arise and if we're just habitually reacting, then we're going to keep going in those, those directions with attachments and greed and ignorance and aversion because we're not, cultivating, um, we're not cultivating the clarity. We're not cultivating awareness. There's that, that great phrase or that great saying that intention leads to action, which leads to habit, which leads to character, which leads to destiny. So we create the conditions for a more beneficial experience. Um, so dukkha happens because we're human beings, but it's not, you know, um, it's not personal. It's not personal. The worldly winds blow, people are born, people die. You know, we're aware of the greed, the hatred, and the ignorance, and how many problems they cause. But as Philip Moffat says, we give up being the star of our own movie. And we let go of expectations as well, that things are going to be a certain way. I had a conversation with a friend a, a while ago about expectations, and she really had a difficult time with it because she thought um, it meant that we don't have desires or we don't have goals, and that's not true. We have desires. We have goals. We want to accomplish things, we want to do things, but we don't get so attached to the outcome, you know, it doesn't, we have to let go of expecting things to turn out a particular way, we stay out of the results, which is, I, there's a 12, a saying in 12 step that says, the higher our expectations, the lower our serenity, if we think it should be a certain way, there can be a lot of dukkha in that, a lot of dukkha in that. It's like we move in the direction, we do everything that we think we need to do, and it's going to turn out the way it's going to turn out. How can we wear, wear that loosely again? Again, not doesn't mean we don't care, but we have to recognize the reality of the moment. Okay, this is the way it is right now. How do I breathe? How do I make space? How do I turn towards this? We put in the footwork, and we allow the stuff to happen. You know, and we, we do have agency. It doesn't mean we don't have agency, but we let the world be what it is. I mean, we acknowledge that the world is the way it is, and we work towards ending injustice. I mean, there are emotions. There are, is anger. There is rage. There is grief. There's sadness. There's joy. There's happiness. There's hilarity. There's conceit. There's pride, there's, there's all the things, the whole gamut. And they are tempered, but they're tempered by wisdom and compassion. They're natural responses to what's happening. They're natural responses. But can we just allow them to be there, recognize them that they're there, but not allow them to take over and rule us? We wear the world as a loose garment. We wear the emotions. We carry these emotions maybe allowing them to serve as a springboard to action, to doing things, to working towards ending injustice, 
to working towards changing problems, fixing, solving problems in the world, but again, tempered by wisdom and tempered by compassion. You know, wear the world as a loose garment. Let yourself breathe. Let yourself, um, let there be some space. This is that, um, I think it's really tied to the second, uh, second foundation of mindfulness, this, this Vedana, this recognition of what, what the experience is and letting there be a pause. The intent, the, that quote that's often attributed to Viktor Frankl about between stimulus and response is our ability to move in a particular direction if we allow that pause to happen and if we take the time to recognize. And because of the work we've been doing with the Eightfold Path and the Four Noble Truths and this practice of mindfulness, there is hopefully a movement in a, in, a, in, a, in a wise and compassionate direction. And we have ease as we move through that. We're, again, wearing the world as a loose garment. So I thank you, thank you, thank you, my friends. And I invite you to reflect on this and, and what it means for you and, and how you can um, wear the world uh, not so tightly, not so rigidly. It's really hard to breathe. You've all had tight clothes on I'm sure and it, it, it can be challenging so uh, let the belt out at a few notches and let yourselves relax so thank you so much for your your very kind attention thank you for visiting undefended dharma these teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.